a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. This is Mana. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Mana podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. I'm your host, Jeff Peterson. Now, none of the guys that you're going to meet on this podcast would consider themselves to be extraordinary, but it's their humble, holy way of living, which is exactly what makes them extra to me, and I'm very excited for you to meet them. So a little bit of a pop culture reference to introduce today's guest. Uh, For those that remember the movie, this is Spinal Tap, uh, you know the bit uh, about the fictional band's amps that actually turned up to 11. And well, that that couldn't describe today's guest any better. This man lives life at 11, and he compels others to join him at that amplified level of not just fun, uh, but he has a ton of fun, uh, but also of relationship and authenticity and just everything. Um, so anyway, continuing on the pop culture references, just for a second here, that maybe only uh, our generation would really appreciate. Uh, uh, amongst friends like me, he is the Maverick uh, from Top Gun. He is Bodie uh, point, from uh, Point Break without the crime, anyway. And he is the dude <clears throat> from Big Lebowski uh, without, without, without the drugs. <laughs> uh, a, former, uh, a former D1 athlete and current CEO who counts other big name athletes, musicians, and politicians among his many friends. He is literally the man. But it's in G.K. Chesterton's definition of such when he said that, in quote, the real great man is the man who makes every man feel great, which is my favorite quote, and uh, and I always think of this guest when I, when I think of it. Um, but despite uh, our guest's alpha male confidence, uh, he is the first to tell you that his greatness comes from the great love of others, uh, the love of a wife who is the one who actually turns him up to 11, uh, the love of his kids that follow in his example, the love of his own family who believed in him at a very, very early age, and most importantly, the love of a God who knows him better than anybody. So welcome today's manna man, uh, his dudeness, Mr. Eric Timko. <laughs> Hello, Perfect. Eric. Hey, Jeff. First of all, that was awesome. I, I got to send this to my mom because she's going to be <laughs> so thrilled to hear such things about me that she's never heard before. So God, I'm humbled and, and thank you so much for your kind words and, and more importantly, your friendship. I mean, my gosh, we've been friends for a long time and uh, love you like a brother. So this is awesome. And I, and I, you, and uh, yeah, so I, um, yeah, you, you have been in for those uh, listeners, those loyal listeners to Mana, all of our friends and relatives, uh, Eric has been a holdout. And so um, he, uh, we finally uh, nabbed him, and uh, and all it took was a pandemic and some COVID. technology <laughs> and COVID. Exactly, that's the only good thing to come from COVID. It was getting yep. it was getting yep. uh, e- ET on mana. So, yeah, you got me exactly. So so hey, I want to actually start. Um, uh, I actually want to start with that Chesterton quote, and it's one that I've shared with you uh, personally in the past. Um, but but it is that level of of um, of and this is a kind of a five dollar word here, but this magnanimity that you have, where you know, despite 
uh, all of your confidence and all of your accomplishments and just you really are in uh, you know this larger than life you know kind of personality you you are you are so you are so giving you 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 deflect that light and and it casts on everybody and and so here's but I was thinking about this as I was preparing for for our little show here and I've only known you like that like you know we've known each other for a long time but I but 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 relatively I mean however gosh 18 years maybe and so there was uh yeah. there was a, yeah. there was a whole I mean you're old and so there was a whole life before 18 <laughs> years ago of of of, yeah. of still similar you know accomplishments and other and so my question that I wanted to lead with which I've never asked you. Um, so now I'm asking you amidst all of our followers, but like, you know, for, for a lot of guys who have such, you know, strength of personality and everything, I mean, sometimes they can just be real dicks. You know what I mean? Like they're just so this, this sort of, you know, kind of alpha. And so I'm just wondering, you know, I've only known you in the, in the magnanimous stage of life as you grew up, you know, did you ever go through like a phase of like kind of being that guy that you're not now, or have you just always been, you know, like literally blessed with this just great combination of, of this, of this confidence and yet, and yet so much confidence that you're, that you're so willing and able to, to share that spotlight, you know what I mean? And so I'm just wondering if that's always been part of the, uh, kind of Eric Timko experience or did you? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, it's, that's a great question. So two things, one is, you know, I, I grew up this, um, I would say kind of dorky spindly, um, athlete. My, my grandfather used to call me crazy legs cause I had these long legs and I wore a, I think a 14 slim pair of pants when <laughs> I was in high school and, uh, but, but I could run. And so nobody could catch me and I could run. And then all of a sudden I started growing into my frame. So, you know, when you start to, to get some confidence, it's a lot of fun to kind of say and see what you can do with not only yourself, but your mind. But then, you know, every day I've lived, and I'll say this, you know, to anybody that ever asked, my hero in my life is my father. And my father brought me back to reality as soon as I thought I was bigger than my 14 slims or grew into my 16 slims. You know, my dad used to bring me back to reality very, very quickly. And, and you know, as much as I used to talk about people that hold, held a room and, and just wanted to be the life of the party and just wanted to be around him. My dad was that guy. And, and, and so I think about him and of course he passed away a few years ago, but every time I think of him, I always think of his personality. Uh, but yet his, his kind of discipline in just keeping us all real, right. Mm -hmm. You know, whether we did something great, whether we did something bad, you know, none of that mattered. What mattered is we always stayed true to who we were and our family came first all the time, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I played a football game and my parents would drive from Saxonburg, Pennsylvania to somewhere up in Michigan to watch me play on Saturdays and drive all night and sleep in their cars. And, you know, that to me was like, that was awesome. And so I think that's what has always kept me grounded. I, I, I don't think I was ever a jag off, as we say, <laughs> in Pittsburgh. Um, but, but if people think that about me, I, it would hurt yeah. my feelings because I, I, I always try to make sure that you know, as much fun as I have and as much as I try to do, I always care about those around me to make sure they're doing the same thing. Yeah, no, and I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure it wasn't with that kind of influence and with your brothers as well. Do you remember like gr growing up and, you know, when you were younger, you know, because I think, 
you know, parents have obviously such a profound influence and some are very explicit about what's going on. Like some parents are like, okay, here's how we're going to, this is how we're going to behave. This is what, oh, yeah. was, was his an influence of that kind of explicit nature or was it just kind of the modeling and like, you just saw how we lived and that was just, you know what I mean? Like, was it a more, yeah, no, no, I, absolutely. No, I, you know, it's funny. Um, um, so my dad was, you know, he led by example, right? So he, he didn't tell us how to act. He didn't tell us when to, you know, keep our mouth shut. He didn't tell us when to, you know, kind of answer the question and be respectful of adults. Um, you just knew and, and you followed his lead. But my mother was, was the one that said, okay, we're going to church or we're going here and you're going to dress the part. You're going to look the part. You're going to comb your hair. You're, you're surely not going to have dog breath when you leave the house in the morning to go to school. You know, all those things that, that you know, that kind of set the tone for the day. Yeah. And then, you know, we couldn't wait to get home from school, do our homework because it, you know, and, and growing up, I mean, I'm 54, but I vividly remember we had dinner every day on the farm at 430. And the reason we had dinner at 430 is so we could go do our chores in the barn. And then we went to practice and my dad was a coach um, or, or took, it to, took us to practice and we would sit there. And we would we would just have a blast in the car right there talking about, you know, all the things that have gone on. And then on the way home, it's like, you know what? He he would tell us point blank, you know, you didn't give it your all or you did this, you did that. I mean, he was very – it wasn't critical, but he was very open about his comments about yeah. my brothers and I and, and how we were, you know, treating everyday life, whether it was sports, whether it was work ethic or, or whatever. So, you know, I think uh, as much as my dad was an influence, my mom was the one that kind of dialed us in to say, hey, Going to church, what a time. Yeah, right, right. Well, speaking of church, what was it like growing up in the Tim Castle, specifically with faith? I mean, was 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 church going just always kind of a thing and that just stuck with you throughout life or, or what uh, What was that like? Yeah, so no, no, was, uh, I went to Catholic schools, um, you know, all the way up till uh, eighth grade. And, um, you know, my father never went to church with us, but my mom and my, my two brothers and I were at church, you know, every Sunday and dressed to the T. And, you know, fortunately, my uh, my brothers are great musicians. And so, you know, one of them was always playing the organ. The other one was playing like they would do the Christmas shows where my, my older brother would play the trombone. And, you know, I just sat there next to my mom and sang off key. And so, you know, they they but we were there and, and you know, holidays, my dad would go or if, if something came up and. You know, he grew up in a different faith. I think he was a faithful person, um, but his deal was that he kept it to himself and he did his thing. And uh, you know, my mom was the influence that uh, that, that made us made sure we were always there. And mm-hmm. we weren't in the front row, but we were in the second row. And yeah. uh, you, know, you know, made sure that, uh, like I said, every Sunday we we were there on time. We were there early to the point where you know we um, we, we 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 enjoyed it. And and you know, the other piece of the puzzle is. My parents' best friends, best best friend growing up was a Catholic priest, Father John Rebel, and he passed away several years ago as well. And, and not turning this into a death show, but you know, a lot of people pass away when they get older yeah, than right. we do. But 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 Father John was part of my family. I mean, he he taught me how to ski. He taught me how to drink wine. He was that guy that I mean, just was such an influence on me for years and years yeah. and years. And I loved him so much because he. I mean, my gosh, we're, we're sitting around a dinner table talking about skiing and I, I've never skied in my life. And he's like, well, let's go to Seven Springs tomorrow. So we went to Seven Springs the next day and, you know, he taught me to ski. Just one of those guys that wow. was just loving life. Yeah. Really a cool person. That's very cool. I mean, such a great combination too of, of you know, both with your dad and now this father, John. I mean, such great men role models, but then 
the nice convenience of one of them actually being like a priest. So you, you, know, yeah. you, got, you got grooved in, in, in a really well, cool kind of tradition. Did you? It, it had benefits. Um, yeah. so, so I think I made my first communion in my living room. Um, I was confirmed in my living room when Alicia and I got married. Uh, instead of going through all the marriage classes, we, uh, we had a phone call with him. And uh, so, you know, uh, membership had his privileges. Yes. But then you know, my dad and Father John and about 10 guys played basketball. Uh, and I was probably 10 or 12 at the time. But they played basketball every Saturday morning. And Father John had the trucker's mouth. I mean, this guy could <laughs> throw it down like I've never seen before. <laughs> I would sit on the porch. We'd all sit on the porch watching going, holy smokes, that guy can swear. Yeah. <laughs> well, which makes it, you know, and especially for younger people, I think, you know, some of that, you know, and not that hopefully anybody listening here doesn't think we're endorsing this, but, but, but I do think there's that, there's some authenticity to that, that I think, you know, it sort of takes some of the, if there ever was any sort of veneer or any sort of like, you know, uh, barrier that, you know, when you, when you see the, just the realness of people, you know, that I, and especially yeah. in our role models that you're just like, okay, great. Like I can, I can be real too. So that's without a doubt, without yeah. a doubt. So, yeah. so with, with such strong role models and then, and then with father John in, in a, in a very, it sounds like with your mom as well, a very sort of like disciplined kind of church kind of habit. And then, I'm, then, then, then I think, later in, into one of your later chapters of life, like when we met, by the time we met you, you know, you and Alicia and, and the boys, I mean, we met at, at church, I mean, at, at Holy Name School. And so I've only known you with that same discipline. Was there, was there a period ever where you sort of, you know, fell away, not, and not necessarily from like a, yeah, I turned to a life of drugs and, you know, hookers, but like, did, did, it, did it ever, did it ever, um, lapse you know like did you ever you know just just out of natural whether it's in college or you know whatever and that that was there ever a return to kind of the faith tradition or has it just been just always there you know for uh, I, you know I, I think it's 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 always been there in my head right so maybe it's not always been there when my actions had to kick in so i i, I can't tell you, you know, unless I was home during college that I went to church during college because you play a football game on Saturday and Sunday you're in the training room and you, and you feel terrible and, and then you go home and you drink a bunch of beers. But, you know, I, I think what, what really, you know, was inspiring to me was, you know, kind of Alicia and I when we met in college and then, of course, we, you know, got married and all that stuff. We, we grew into our faith together mm -hmm. and it, it's been incredible for me because of her and, and more importantly, the kids that, you know, I want to say we raised, but, but she's really raised in a faithful way. Um, you know, obviously Jeff, you know, our kids and you know who Cole is and, and Cole was our first and, and, you know, Cole's been faithful his whole life. And I think it's a direct reflection of Alicia and her impact and, and the way that she brought faith into all of our lives. And then, you know, I'm going to go out there and say, I surrounded myself with a bunch of guys, um, you know, that I met when we moved to Minnesota at Holy Name. And, you know, you led the charge and, and, and we hit it off immediately. And, you know, you look at the guys like Petrie and Hasselman and Dieters and, and all these guys that, uh, you know, this is this is how we, we did things, right? Yeah. So we, we had a blast together. But you know what? We also saw each other at church every Sunday. And, you know, I, I think back to the days and, you know, we love South Carolina, but when we, you know, boated the church, on Sunday. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I mean, oh my, my God, gosh. one of the highlights of my life. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, you know, bad to say that I might've voted with a bloody Mary, but, but bad, 
but, but you know what? Getting off the boat and going up and, and, and you know, appreciating the opportunities that we had to worship together and do things yeah. together. That was incredible and yeah. so fun. So, you know, it all kind of mixes and joins together. Yeah, you know, and it, yeah, I totally agree. And and yet when I do think of, of um, you know, the so many things that I admire, you know, about you, you know, your, your marriage, and I think you and Alicia, I mean, all of our friends do, but you and Alicia have a very, I, I read a quote or her quote or who knows, I might have, I don't know where I heard it, but the talking about marriage as uh, obviously it's a sacrament and it's also a calling, you know, and that the, and that the, the job, um, I'm going to hack this by the way, but basically your job as a husband and Alicia's job as a wife is to get, is to get each other to heaven. Okay. That's your job. That's basically all marriage is, is just a continual effort to get each other to heaven. And I, and I just think, you know, um, and it's, and it makes sense to hear you talk about, you know, your marriage, when you got married, maybe that, you know, sort of like rekindled this, this, this kind of devotion. And one story that I'm going to share because I want everybody to hear it. And then I'd love you to kind of expound it a little bit is, um, is, is just that just touched my heart so much is when Alicia had, um, who in her own right is a very accomplished uh, D1 athlete, uh, but, and, but then uh, suffered some of the better than I ever was with, with, had back surgery. And so now all of a sudden she's literally laid up now for, you know, a couple of weeks. And I remember you calling me or, or texting me or something, and it was so wonderful. And, you know, and you're so tuned in, you probably knew how much this would mean to me as well. But basically, uh, I remember you, you calling and saying, Hey, I, I don't really know how this whole thing works, but I think, I think, I think, you know, we're able to get Alicia communion, um, by, you know, basically asking the priest if we could maybe, you know, have somebody else give it. So, so can you kind of figure that out? It was something along those lines. And I was so touched First, I was just touched myself that you were honored, that I felt honored that you'd even ask me to kind of look into it. But it was, but I mostly, as soon as I got over myself, I, I can, when I think of the story and, and when I think of then the memory, the memories of bringing communion to Alicia and, and because so, it was a couple of weeks, I mean, in the oh, two, yeah. two or three weeks or four, maybe. She was and, and down hard and yeah, down, down hard, hard and, and so, yeah. so, in so much pain. And yet, and yet, you know, the devotion that that obviously she has and had to, to want to receive, you know, Jesus, but 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 even more, I don't know if it's more impressively or at least as impressively was your commitment to that, because that would have been, I think, even for the very devout would have been a completely acceptable excuse to be like, you know what, we're just going to get through the next four to six weeks here. Let's, you know, let's just try to actually get, you know, you know, like, you know, walking or whatever. And, and the fact that you knew how important that would have been to Alicia to, to look into it and provide that. I just, I've always thought that is such a great example of really, really understanding the intimacy of faith and, and that, and that importance, even when I think a couple of times she was still zonked out on whatever pain that she was on, <laughs> but it was such a beautiful moment. And I just, I'm just wondering, you know, you know, has that, has that just, I'm guessing the answer is going to be yes here, but as you have continued in your, 
in your marriage and, and with wonderful kids that you have being introduced to that marriage, has just the root system of your faith together just gotten deeper and deeper and deeper with, you know, moments like that and, you know, just, just as life continues to unfold? Well, I, I, I absolutely think so. And I, I think back to a, a lot of different things, but I, I go back to, you know, just the core of relationships, right? And, you know, Alicia and I've been together 30 years. My parents were married 53 years. My older brother's been with his wife 32 years. My younger brother's been with his wife, I think, 28 years. And so you look at the the makeup our, of our family and our spouses and the commitment and the the, the love and you know, we, we may not always get along, but we always say at the end of the day, my gosh, there, there, there's a strength in the bonds of the relationships of our family that just goes so deep. And I think that's, that's part of it. Right. So, so when I, when I think back to those days and, and again, that was, that was a miserable time for her. She was in so much pain. And, and all I remember thinking was anything that would ease her pain, right. Is, is something that I want to do. And so of course, getting you over there, getting her, you know, to, to get the blessed host and, and all the different things. But at the end of the day, I think the other thing that's always important is, you know, what, what, what happens next, right? As she started to come out of it and she started to, you know, get, you know, feel better. What, what I remember most about it was just her getting back to just digging in with the kids, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, the faith was strong and everything was there, but man, she could not wait to get back to making an impact on the kids which again, you know, kind of demonstrates for them the relationships and yeah. and the love and all the things that lead to, you know, hopefully them seeing what what we have and and and, and my kids have always been great about saying, my gosh, I, I hope to find, you know, especially Cole and Trevor and Dalton, I hope to find, you know, somebody like mom who who you just love so much and you can't do without. I mean, yeah. that's that's where it's at. It's just amazing to me. So true, <clears throat> so true. And speaking of your kids, um, you also uh, amongst the many distinctions that you have um, in my life and in life in general is you are the first uh, MANA guest um, uh, who has adopted a child. And so when we think, when we think of your beautiful children and the the most beautiful of them uh, uh, being Dia, sorry, boys, but she is. um, It's such a neat story of how Dia came to be. And I, I thought, it'd be great for our listeners to hear that because that's a story, not only of just being a, a, a good husband and, and, and a good eventual dad, but there's a little bit of, a little bit of God in that story in terms of how Ooh, that all came Yeah, man. So I, we're not allowed to get emotional on, on the man <laughs> show, right? That, that's a, uh, yeah. I mean, this is, this is the, the story of my life that, you know, when I'm sitting there in a chair one day telling my favorite, stories this is the one i mean idea has changed our lives but but really what changed my life was alicia and her commitment to saying we've got three beautiful boys let's let's go help a little girl somewhere and and find somebody that's going to make an impact not just on her but on our family and we we have found the perfect child and she's just amazing and and my gosh we're chasing her around playing soccer now but you know a lot of faith right i mean this was something that we had three beautiful boys and, you know, you're going to go out on a limb and you're going to adopt a girl from a, you know, a foreign country and everything can go wrong. And, you know, I always said to Alicia, you know, if it starts to go wrong, I'll handle it. I mean, I can figure stuff out. Mm -hmm. And she said, yeah, but you need your faith 
you know, as long as you're figuring stuff out to support you to make stuff happen. And, and so it was a combination of, you know, all the hurdles we went through and all the bad stuff that was going on and all the things that were roadblocks that was, you know, a combination of, you know, driven by her faith, but, but I bought in, right. I mean, I, I, I came in hard saying, you know, between, between, you know, our faith and then me just being relentless, we're going to get this done. And and the day we got her home, uh, it, it changed our whole life forever. And, uh, she's, she's just an amazing kid and she's, she's going to be an amazing woman and an amazing person. And, you know, I, I just, every day I think about what we have and, and, um, that's our greatest accomplishment. She mm. has changed our lives and, you know, it's uh, three blondes and a little brown girl. (laughs) (laughs) It's just incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And and there is a, there is a, maybe for, maybe for the um, director's cut of man, I will get into a longer one, but for those that are listening, the, 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 the long and short of the story is that, you know, Eric as a, as a very faith filled husband, um, you know, um, I think, the 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 journey that you and Alicia went on even before Dia came to be and it was just a process was just so wonderful and one of just really of just kind of like kind of giving it up to God and saying listen all right if this is what if this is what we're supposed to do then we're going to do it and like you say and once you once it was uh committed to it was like it's on. This is going to happen. Yep. <laughs> yeah. No, and, and it was, and, and, and I go back to, you know, the one part of the story, we were with my, my parents in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and, and we watched Alicia go across it. We were at the Mangy Moose, which is a great bar and a great nacho. Since we're in the Mangy Moose and we're drinking pitchers of beer, and Alicia gets up from the table and she walks over and she comes back and she is crying her eyes out. And we have watched her go over and she's holding this little baby. And, uh, and, and, you know, here it was a little girl from Guatemala and that's where we ended up adopting Dia from. And, you know, again, back to my dad, my dad's influence, um, you know, we got back to the, the place that night and he said to me, you know, Eric, she has given you everything that you've ever wanted. This is something that she wants, you know, pray on it, think about it and figure out a way to give her what she wants and, yeah. and give your family what you need. And, and the rest is history. Oh, I just love it. I love it so much. Oh, yeah. all of it, all of it, all of it. All right. Well, hey, we are, um, we have successfully averted tears, which is great. And so now yeah. we are, uh, now we're at the fun segment of the shoe, the big show. So uh, these are the same three questions we ask every single guest. Um, and for those that are listening, you've heard the setup in that all of the guests, including Eric, have known these questions. Eric has listened to so many episodes that he's, I'm likely, you know, thought of his own answers. And so this is going to be a dazzling portion of the show uh, here. And the, I'll bet. Uh, exactly. No, I'll bet. <laughs> Come with game here. So three yeah. questions and, uh, and we'll get into it. So fun segment question number one, if Jesus, oh, and I've even thought of the answers that you would have to these. That's how much I've, okay. Oh, uh, okay. okay. Uh, so See, if, yours aren't good, yeah. if yours aren't good, I'll give them for you. So if Jesus um, knocked on your door tomorrow morning and yeah. just wanted to hang out for the day, what yeah. would you do with him? Oh, it's easy. I mean, I'd, I'd take him fishing because I, I am really doing miserable in South Carolina catching fish. <laughs> So I think he could bubble the waters and throw a bunch of fish in my boat and it would be just an amazing experience. Yeah. Yep. I would be good. And, I, and you would have said? I I had dibs on a Steelers game. 
Um, oh, that's that's a good second you know, choice. But there's uh, there's seven and zero, so nobody wants to go support a seven and zero team. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. Fun segment. Question number two: uh, If you could go to church with any other guy, living or dead. Famous or not, you wouldn't even have to know who this uh, person was, although I know you know a lot of famous guys. Uh, but if you could go to church with any other guy, living or dead, who would you go with? Oh, you know, today is November 4th, so it's not a great time to ask me that question. I would go, <laughs> I, I'd go to church with Trump. I, I'd love to get in his head and understand why he screwed up the first debate. I'd love to understand... <laughs> I'd love, love to understand what he's thinking right now and how we kind of unite the country instead of continuing to divide the country, but try to figure out how to get four more years and not piss too many people off. Mm-hmm. Probably, right. probably the wrong answer for Mana. Hey, it's it's real. It's and it's church. It's, it's, it's guys yeah. in church. You know what can yeah, go wrong? Yeah. Guys in church. Yeah, yeah. I'd do my hair like his if we went to church together. Yes. <laughs> All right. Last question. Uh, if you could, and you've done this, I'm sure to your own boys, but if you could give some advice to uh, a young man uh, about, you know, really just living a very much a life that you've led where it's one of confidence in faith and, and yet not in any kind of, you know, overly preachy or, you know, off-putting way, but what, what kind of advice would you give somebody or what kind of advice have you given your boys about turning into uh, men like yourself? Yeah. So, so, you know, again, you know, my boys, right? So Cole is just, just an amazing kid and he's so faithful and you know I, I i'm not thrilled that my kids have tattoos but but cole's got a tattoo of a cross right and and yeah. and you, you know so you, you think about what you want your kids to be and you know honest integrity you know af- not afraid to speak about their faith and uh and we're, we've been so blessed to have that um you know and, and and to different degrees and i think that's important to understand that they're each their own and, and to different degrees, but I, I, I always say to them, you know, day and night, you know, look, be yourself. Don't, don't let us influence you. Don't let mom and I try to put you in a box that you're not in. And our kids are very different, but, but when it comes down to, you know, the family time we have together and the, and the conversations and the love and the joy and all, all the things that you want to have as a family, it, it couldn't be any better because again, we're all so honest and open and free and easy to talk about whatever whatever it is the subject is and give our opinions and we may not all agree but you know what at the end of the day Jeff that that's what makes life perfect right you know yeah. it, it's like you just have a, a great experience as a family to communicate and have a blast together yeah that's great all right Eric Temko thank you all right buddy talk to you thank you, you for listening to Mana if you have any questions or recommendations for future guests send them to manapodcast at gmail.com